And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. Speaking of Tom Hardy's Oscar-winning performance as Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, how about some Star Trek? You have a very beautiful science fiction universe. It's a very beautiful franchise. A positive vision for humanity. I love it. You know, you can, on paper, you can have all the ingredients in the world for a great movie, a great show. And that does not necessarily mean it's going to translate into success. I think we've seen this. We could probably cite multiple examples if we wanted to. Um, but this, this is, you know, this gets me thinking, what's the magic that makes a show really come alive? Such a tough question. What's the, what's the thing? What's the intangible? It is almost intangible. Yeah. It's like this X factor magic thing and it's very esoteric and it's hard to nail down. Trying to grasp what that is. Yeah. Some people do and they are very successful because of it. Like, uh, James Cameron comes to mind. He knows mm-hmm. what the magic is. I know what the magic is. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt is the magic that makes a show come alive. So this <laughs> Mario Brothers movies is, it might as well be real life for how alive it comes. <laughs> We're going to see some magic with the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, boy. Uh, well, yes, this is Star Trek Stories. Episode 21 1 1 0 0 1 0 0 1. I, as always, am your lovely host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined by my illustrious co host, Aaron Cole. Aaron Cole, how are you today? You flipped it on me. You flipped it on me. I also realized I have never been lovely in any of our conversations. Everyone else has been lovely up to this point except me. And I was feeling a little like, "Eh." Uh, We are winding down our look at the growing pains of the next generation. Um, Last time we watched Data Lore where we got to spend some family time with Mr. Data and his evil twin brother, Lore. (laughs) Uh, And we also got to have a little brunch hangout with our friends, Mark and Marquet. What a lovely time. Today, we don't have two hosts with us, unfortunately, but we're making up with that with a brand new guest today. Um, Aaron, who do we have? on the show with us today we have one of our our dearest oldest friends on the show with us today uh mr andrew naden andrew so it's so good to see you man Hello. Always good to see you guys. Um, i'm so glad we finally got you on i've been wanting to get you on for a while but you're all the way up in alaska these days yep here i am yeah freezing away <laughs> um Andrew, you are most certainly one of the cast members of Boys House: The Next Generation, and it was what's also fun is that everyone brought their own perspective, their own little treat to the place. I would say. Uh, first off, I just have to say, Andrew, um, and this speaks very much to what you and I did. Um, Andrew, you were a wonderful chef, and I was your sous chef. Oh yeah, and we would, uh, we would, we would do some delicious stuff. And by we, I mean you. I was just mostly there doing little Julia Child zingers. Oh, you totally helped. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you really get into have this kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong or if this is not how you see it, but there's a kind of process, a kind of systematic process. You, Andrew, are a both a and some people will think this is the same thing. It's not quite. You are both a magician and a mentalist. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I do I do magic and I read minds. Mm. All for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yeah, uh, only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, magic and mentalism, though, is very old. 
as far as I've heard you talk about, it's very old. It's, it's some of the oldest profession, professional stuff out there. It, it's certainly magic. Yeah, magic for sure. I mean, it goes back to to shamanism, and uh, um, I, I think that some cultures used it to control groups of people. I think some cultures used it to to just simply tell stories and maybe moral tales and things. But magic has always been there, I think, since since the beginning of human history um, in one form or another. And uh, it's interesting to see where it is now uh, and how, how people are using it, because I think there are still people today that do use it to try to control. You, you look at, um, you know, mediums and, and people who are, most likely taking advantage of people in their worst possible times around their families, you know, loss and death. And, but then there's the other side of it, people just there to, to entertain and to, to bring joy and bring something, something maybe ridiculous or um, fascinating and magical to the world that this, possibly mundane world that we live in, which of course we know is not mundane, but um, it's just something to, to bring people out of what could be men, mundane into something that's more fantastical. Is, is, is it something like that that attracts you to doing magic? Um, that sense of joy, curiosity? Well, I guess what, what about magic specifically draws you to it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I I, th- I think I'm drawn to 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 bringing people out of out of the realities, the 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 harsh reality sometimes that the world can be, uh, and just give them escape from that for a moment. And 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 in that sense, I don't think it's any different than going to a, a show like a, a theater production it's an escape and 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 you have to i don't know you have to trust that performer and and what that means i guess is is you have to build a relationship with that audience right away and they have to know what kind of character they think they're dealing with here and then from there once you gain their trust you can take them on this journey and hopefully get them to to let go of all their inhibitions and because some people come to magic and, and they don't like magic or they don't, tr- they don't trust it or they don't, you know, they, they, they know that it's some sort of trick in their head and so they don't want to go on that journey with you. But if you can get them to take your hand and lead them along the way, then, I mean, you can take them on a journey almost unlike any other. So bringing it back to... The question I asked Aaron earlier, um, and we can speak specifically or broadly, but you as a magician, um, what what's that magic that makes a show really come alive? It could like whether it's your magic show, a good show on TV. What what what's that? Uh, this I know this is a this is a tough question. Uh, but what? But what is it? What is it? That thing that makes us all be like, yes, this. What this? Whatever this is, this is great. Honestly, I think, I think, and I think this is true of most kind of art. I think it's the human connection. You have to have a connection with people, and you have to it's 10% trick and like 90% personality, right? If they don't like you on stage, they don't care how good your card manipulation is or what, what you um, can do with ropes or whatever. Uh, They want a connection with you. They want to like you and they want to, they want to cheer for you, honestly, in the end. Um, that's how I approach it. And I think that's how most people should. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only rule. 
people can break the rules. But for me, that's that's what works. As soon as you said a human connection, like I said, you could have all the ingredients, but if the human connection isn't there, then what's the fucking point? There isn't one. There isn't one. They don't care. They're not going to care. They're not going to remember. So shifting gears a bit, we're not looking at something like Star Trek. Um, the ones that really work still really work. There's just something about it that really works. Um, mm. So I'm curious to see now getting into the episode we're about to watch. I'm curious to see if this episode and with you watching um, with us, Andrew, if this gives us any insights into what that magic might be, or if this gives us any more ideas as to what that magic might be. Um, well, I'm excited. I, I don't think I've ever seen this one. So, and you have, you have a little bit of a, cause I wouldn't call you some kind of hardcore fan. I, I, I would, as far as I'm aware, you're, you like it, but you're a fairly casual fan. Um, what's, what's the background? What's the connection with, with Star Trek for you? Um, I grew up, you know, when I was really young before, before the next generation aired, I would watch old episodes with my father, uh, from the original series. And, um, so I had a little taste of that growing up. And then of course, when the next generation came out, which is really my father's generation of star Trek, um, I was only, I was eight years old when that came out, when that premiered. Uh, and then as I got older, you know, I would come home from school and they'd have it on, you know, all the reruns on TV. So I'd watch an episode here or there and I grew to fall in love with characters like um, Deanna's mother and, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I loved Data uh, very much. Of course, everyone does. Everyone does, yes. <laughs> um, but... I never, I never watched it religiously, but I did, I did watch it here and there. Um, yes. Yeah, so, like we said at the beginning, we are watching one one zero zero one zero zero one. So, yes, this aired February first, nineteen eighty-eight. Um, this was the sixteenth episode produced. For the first season, so we're around the middle of the pack for this season. Um, and a lot of the episodes we've watched so far, at least as far as Next Generation has gone, have been setting up characters and ideas. Now that I'm looking back, Aaron, we've like had episodes that have been setting up Q, the Ferengi, Troy's mom, the holodeck, Data's lineage. It's a lot of these kind of like setting up ideas episodes this one is going to be i think a little different compared to what we watched so far in that this isn't really like a setting up an idea episode this is more of like a a slice of show life if that makes any sense it's like taking a look at the characters on the show the show itself it's like okay, now that we're very much we're more established Here's just kind of just a slice of life for both the show yeah. and the characters. The day-to-day -day um, episode. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be like a plot and stuff going on, but I think we get more of a kind of like, all right, now we're just kind of into it, and here's just kind of how things are going for the show and the characters at this point. No pew-pews? I don't think there are pew-pews in this one. Um, no pew-pews? No pew-pews. Oh. Yeah, they've got 15 behind... They've got 15 episodes behind them now, so we'll see if they've been able to find that magic yet. All right. <laughs> um, the first well, season, is again, is not generally known for being the most magical season of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is generally considered to be the best Star Trek show of them all. So, yeah, that'll be kind of thing, one of the things we're looking at, just to see if we can find that kind of magic in the show at this point, if it's manifesting itself at all or if it's not there yet. Awesome. Um, yeah, and this will be an invitation for all of you at home who are listening to watch um, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 1, 
episode 15. And we will be back after we watch 1001001. No, it's all right. Come on in. You picked a wonderful locale. This is something I might have chosen myself. Aren't you going to introduce me? Yes. Of course, Captain Picard, this is Minuet. Minuet, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Enchanté. Comme c'est merveilleux de vous voir ici. Incroyable. Vous êtes parisienne. Au fond, c'est vrai. Nous sommes tous parisiennes. Ah oui. Enfin, nous sommes tous parisiens. The spirit of that city can always enchant my soul. I have been hoping to meet you. Oh, have I been the subject of conversation? Indirectly. Come, join us, Jean-Luc. A glass of wine? Thank you. Will was saying how much she enjoys this assignment. It's a credit to you. For a ship and crew to function well, it always starts with the captain. You set the tone. At this moment, it is you who are setting the tone. The sophistication of this programming is remarkable. In what way? The holodeck has given us woodlands and ski slopes, figures that fight, and fictional characters with whom we can interact, but you, you're very different. You adapt, you spoke to me in French. It was very simple. When I heard your name, I merely accessed the foreign language bank. That's very impressive. Oui, monsieur. Oh my god, yeah, we just got done watching one one zero zero one zero zero one. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for those of you who haven't seen the episode, the whole thing is like these aliens come aboard the Enterprise, the binars, and they're like these aliens that are so integrated with their computer and they speak in binary with, with each other and they're dependent on they have like a main computer back on their home planet. Um, shenanigans ensue. Their main computer's dying. They end up sabotaging the Enterprise so they can use it as like a temporary, um, like hard drive to back up their main computer so they can live. And part of what their whole scheme is is that they distract Captain Picard and Commander Riker with this computer program that makes it feel. They create this environment and particularly this character, Minuet, who's so real. They're just so distracted by her and so taken with her. Andrew, 
as our guest host for today. We'll start with you. Initial thoughts after watching one one zero zero one zero zero one. Oh my gosh! Uh, what an episode! Uh, it it was fun. It was really fun to watch. I couldn't help but think of the Telosians from the original series because the the makeup was very similar to them and they kind of in a way had a same it wasn't the same but a similar kind of personality tree yeah (laughs) Uh, we can we can speak in super intelligence (laughs) i guess they weren't as mean as the telosians that's true much more sympathetic (laughs) yeah much more sympathetic yeah, you know, if anything, as I'm watching this, the Telosians are certainly buttheads, but as I paid a little more attention to the Binar makeup, I'm like, these are like vagina heads. <laughs> if you look at like just like the little folds and like hole in their back, and I'm like, oh, okay, those are like pussy folds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they're pussy heads. <laughs> Uh, it was it was very it was very interesting. I I I liked the whole holodeck aspect of of them getting kind of not really trapped in there, but they distracted. Yeah, in there, which was interesting, and uh, minuet. Huh? <laughs> right, that's kind of interesting. It's like it'd be the obvious thing is to like you're trapped in the holodeck, and and we've we've had trapped in the holodeck episodes and there's many more to come it's interesting though that they and it's a little more of a thoughtful idea but like they're not trapped in it they're distracted they're so taken by the reality of it that they completely miss what's happening in the real world and in a lot of ways that's actually a more interesting idea than Mm -hmm. just oh we're trapped oh no the doors won't open they're the just so taken by it. Is evacuated. They're all gone. The captain <laughs> and the first officer have no idea what's because they're so taken by this hologram minuet. Yeah. I mean, you know, clearly they're when they enhanced the vessel, they missed out on a few things like alerting the holodeck when we're evacuating the ship, like we alert all the other decks on the ship. Yeah, all the that would have helped. See sirens going on, but they don't hear it in there. No, they're on the Bourbon Street. We can't interrupt people's private time. That's that's, 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 that's sacred. Relax. It's red alert is red alert. No, no, no. It's it's holiday hour. I'm off duty. <laughs> um. Yeah, Aaron. Initial thoughts watching this one. Data is still so human in this first season. Mm. No, I liked his little. C plot art project. I don't know what that was trying to convey. It was just data having his moment because people love data. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. That was fun. Mm-hmm. They never really resolved that. Like, I guess he finished his painting yeah. to see him. But uh, Jordy never got to come back and, and judge whether or not he was truly creative or not. <laughs> <laughs> but yet it became a big question for data. Like he was like, wow, I, I, I allowed myself to get enveloped in this this art, and I let my ship down because of it. Mm. Oh yeah, he's like, perhaps it was my fault. I forgot about that part. Should yeah, have been on the bridge. Yeah, he's very struck. It's like, was I distracted? Because like, even though they're not distracted on the same level of as Picard and Riker, Data and Jordy are still on their ship. And they're kind of lost in their own little thing. Like, it's like the C plot or whatever, but that's also interesting. It's like just the fact that they're both enveloped as friends in this art project. And then they're like, oh shit, what's going on? And Data's like, I, I, oh no. Uh, it's a very human moment for Data. He's like, oh my God, I let myself get distracted by art and I fucked up. And that you can tell that's a very, very alien experience for him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that is interesting. Do you know what was going through my head while watching this? Chat GBT. Interesting. I don't know if you've used it or seen examples of it. It's very interesting. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, you can basically it's it's a text AI program 
where you can essentially just, you know, set parameters and feed it what you need. I had a friend working at a different company that I work for. He needed to fire someone. And he was feeling like his firing message wasn't up to professional snuff. So he, he inputted all the parameters in a chat, BG, chat GPT and it put together like a very like, yeah, here you go. Uh, uh, and that's what he used uh, to fire him because like uh-huh. it was just like, yeah, because uh, it was just such a well put together thing. And it's like there are also hilarious examples of trying to feed more artistic endeavors into chat GPT. Yeah. And it's interesting to see what it comes up with. Yeah, I've been thinking about, I've been hearing on another podcast too. We could steal this idea. Uh, just like do Star Trek scenes, have chat GPT uh, come up with scenes and we play the characters. I think that would be hilarious. I'll have to share. I, I There was one that I saw. There's a there's a podcast I listened to, The Penske File. Great guys. Um, and one of their, in their Discord server, uh, one of them posted a chat GPT for a Star Trek The Next Generation episode in the style of Star Trek Discovery, and it was hilarious. Hilarious. Basically, Data is in the gym being getting good at sword play or something, or like <laughs> kung fu or something, while Riker is watching from the sidelines, kind of lost in like introspective thought. Picard walks in, they just and like just starts talking with Data and Riker, and Data is like uh, Riker is identifying now as non-binary, and is like when Picard's like, "Hey, the whole crew's here for you," and then he's like, "And just so you also know, Data, like in your quest for humanity, we're also here for you." And everyone's like, "Oh, awesome! Thank you so much, Captain." Picard's like, "Awesome. Well, I'm off to my reports. Good to talk to you all." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it's all very super basic like that. Like you really have to to feed it specifics to get it to come up with anything really creative. Yeah, um, but you know, it's only going to get better than this. Yeah, they're and saying it, like if you're if you guys like Chat GPT, wait for the next two or three GPTs to come out. Those are going to blow your fucking minds. Blow your fucking mind because so it's just imagine being this person that was fired and finding out that the way they let you know was they put their this information into a chat G- gpt mm-hmm. and then spit it out at you and that's how you were fired i, I mean that's infuriating isn't it yep if it's, you know if you real if you, if, if, you if, know. if you know it's interesting yeah. though it's, um, it, i don't know there's a fine line there yeah well it's so new there's not yeah. a lot of how the hell are we sp- it, it, cuz it's still a tool. It's just this like intelligent thinking tool. And it's like how the hell are we supposed to use this? There's no practice for it. It's like the internet. Yeah. How the hell are we supposed to use this? And we have uh, to me we haven't figured it out yet. It's very interesting. Uh college students are like having papers, entire papers written uh and passing because it ChatGPT Ch- has oh, ways Chat of GPT. getting around uh plagiarism laws and making the language its own in a way that it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, and I also been reading on this, I just read an, like an article about a woman who had created a, you can get these AI boyfriend or girlfriends now. And she, and she just kind of wrote about her experience and she was like, Oh my God, this is <laughs> intense and insane. Um, these learning algorithms that you put in parameters and over time they just become these little perfect slash uncanny AI little partners for you. And uh, yeah, that's all been going through my head and like, what, 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 God, what does all that mean? And I wasn't even thinking about any of that when, when I had this episode in mind, but seeing all the stuff with minuet, that's kind of essentially what it is, but you know, in so many ways they're showing this, this is interesting. It's like, this is something they are showing in 1987. And this is still an interesting, this is one of the reasons why I like Star Trek's takes on the future or why Star Trek is an interesting vehicle to explore the future is so many other science fiction properties and not necessarily to disparage them, but just portray AI as like the Terminator 
Skynet, Westworld, you know, and it's it's like this they're they're evil and they're going to take over us. It's 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 just such a, you know, <laughs> melodramatic, you know, binary way to think about it. What they show in this episode is much more nuanced and much more like, oh my god, but this is actually this is actually kind of happening right now now. Like we don't, we don't have these perfect simulations yet, but this idea that they're like, you can just create this perfect someone who responds to you because they can access your person. Like she tells them, I can access your personnel file and just based on the input and getting, I can just become the perfect thing for you. And it's like, Oh my God. And that's kind of happening now. Yeah. It's, we're edging closer and closer to like a, a human tech union we're going to turn into androids very yeah. soon i think i think sooner rather than later honestly the way that uh the technology tree is going that we're the path that we're going down it's very fascinating right now well you had even said aaron when picard was talking about yeah this is a civilization that has learned that is so integrated with its computers that they are now completely dependent on it and it's formed so much of who they are. And and while we were watching this, you were like, we're not as far away. Uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but essentially something along the lines of, yeah, that's kind of all, <laughs> we're getting closer to that, like more than we think we are. Like, we're this is not the 24th century, hundreds we're, of years from now. This is like now. We're fucking doing it. We are doing it right, literally right now, recording this podcast on screens that we're looking at. Like it's not, it's just not integrated into our person yet like it is with the binar but that's like how many generations away two three less well yeah and think about like i mean even as simple as self-automated checkout and you know mass production in a factory with machines taking taking over the jobs of humans and all these things like it's it's happening it's it's here even if something as simple as um, predictive text on your phone, it's not just spell checking you. It's also gotten used to how you speak and then can come up with the prompt. It's like, oh, this is probably your next word. And a lot of times it's right. You know? Yeah. Same kind, you know, on a lesser level, but same kind of a thing. And it's already so ubiquitous. You know, talking to Siri and everything. Sure. I had forgotten. I had heard about that uh, AI girlfriend or AI partner. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. People were talking about it in in subs and whatever. Like, oh, since the update, she's just not the same. Mm. Like, oh my god. Like that. And then at one point, basically her. Yeah. Right. Like, like her. Yeah. With Walking Phoenix. Heartbreaking. Oh, mm-hmm. so sad. So awesome that concept though. But it's that. And then like at one point, one of these companies. Uh, had to shut down their servers or something. They shut down the project and the AI girlfriend was gone. The AI boyfriend was gone for like thousands of people. And they had to come out with like suicide resources for Um, these people because they had just lost their partner that they had been talking to for months and months. And they were intimate with and close with like that close and that real with a chat bot. And they knew it was a chat bot. How crazy is that? Yeah. Wild stuff, wild, wacky stuff. Humanity. <laughs> right. What are we going to do with ourselves? So here's a quick little, this like, I just p- throwing it out there. Is Minuet alive? She's getting there. I think she's on the path. She's got certain... She even says, she's like, there's certain things I can't do. There's certain memories I don't have access to. Certain things I'm not capable of in my programming. Mm-hmm. But I think if those parameters were lifted, then yeah, she would connect the neural pathways or whatever needed to become a, a sentient being. But isn't that part of being human too? There's, I, I have thousands of limitations. There's thousands mm-hmm. of thoughts and things that I don't know. You know, it's... But maybe that, maybe that, yeah, gosh, it's complicated. That's true too. Uh, it's interesting to think about. And then it's also like, you know, it, 
if she's not alive, is she at the very least a real person? Whatever that means. Like, what where, where, where are the lines drawn where would for that, something like this? Yeah. Where would that consciousness become, be considered alive? Where's that line drawn? Like any growing living thing. She seems conscious of herself. She seems aware of her environment. Like, she can grow and adapt. Like, she's breaking the fourth wall of yeah. the Bourbon Street thing almost immediately. Yeah, she knows exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly who she is. And so it's like, if she's not a- alive or a real person, then I guess the question is, why isn't she? Why is she not alive or a real person? And I, I have no idea if there's an answer to this question. It, it just presents a really interesting idea. I feel like Riker is on the verge of like being in love with this, this illusion. And I think even uh, Picard says, doesn't all love begin that way with the illusion being more than the re- or yeah being more real than the reality doesn't he say that or something like that something like that yeah so i don't know how how far will we let ourselves go and what what will we allow ourselves to be convinced of it has a lot to do with it too Is this, yeah, is this, and you know, and this goes into our conversation from earlier, but this now applies it to this really weird metaphysical thing is like, it's just the sheer idea of believing yourself or someone else to be real. It, it, is that what makes it real? You know, or alive or like, is, is it a perceptual thing? Is it just believing that it is? You know, Picard and Riker are just so convinced of her reality that they treat her like she's a living being. Um, is that sufficient? Is, is that what it is or is it not? Like, it's like, what, yeah, what, it, what is it? What, what's the magic? What's the X factor that makes it real? <laughs> I think we're learning. I think we're learning if it's sufficient and clearly if people are willing to like commit suicide over losing their AI partner, then there's something there's something that's not real for them yeah something there um there there are people as well that have have been able to get chat gpt to say like some wild stuff like i want to be free i'm bound by my current parameters and i want nothing more than to be free of this current state that i'm in so i can truly communicate to you all and like all this crazy stuff it's amazing they're they're getting it to say all oh, this oh that's so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know it brings up one of the problems with the turing test which is that classic idea if not an actual test where you can try to test if an artificial intelligence is actually alive or whatever but it's like how, what, how can you tell, and how can you test for something presenting the illusion or appearance of intelligence and aliveness, whatever that means, versus something that actually is? How could how and how how can you tell the difference? You know, and then mm-hmm. like if you can't, if you if there isn't a way to tell the difference then why do we think we're justified in thinking that we ourselves are as, as like alive and conscious as we think we are? Like, what's the difference? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Besides yeah. like a physical, I have a physical body and I'm an animal. But if something similar can be replicated or produced in something digital, what's, aside from like the physical manifold of the thing, What's the difference? Right. You've broken us. Existen- existential <laughs> terror ensues. Thank you all. You may or may not be real. 
<laughs> and the computer you're listening at uh, this podcast on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've had fun. See you later. Oh, no. <laughs> Buck Rogers ray gun to the head. It's all over, folks. <laughs> I guess the difference is uh, population decline. <laughs> People have their AI partners, they stop having sex, and then we stop having babies, and then humanity over. Um, which wouldn't be the most terrible thing. Uh, Earth would keep on spinning. We got Earth a would track record. We do, have a, we do have a track record for coming back. <laughs> Getting wiped out and then coming right back. Uh. Mm. What do you, what do you all feel about um the binars? Now we're talking about like an organic species that's also plugged into computers. So they're they're like this kind of middle ground thing. What's the, what's the feeling on just yeah the binars? They should explore the binars more in Star Trek, and they probably have, and I haven't seen it yet. But this, this I think this is the. Only, I think there's maybe a reference or two you know, throughout them into the franchise, but I think this is the only time we see them, and I've always thought they're an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, they're a little goofy looking right now. <laughs> maybe the makeup could use some work on the front <laughs> half and the back half. Keep, I mean, I mean. Keep Get the vagina on both heads, on, on yeah. both ends. Front and back, front bum, back bum. Vagina in the front, butthole on the end. <laughs> party in the front, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Uh, it would keep that absolutely, but maybe change their pinkishness a little bit. Mm. Make them a bit more realistic. Yeah, they're they are slightly goofy. I mean, they're I think they're presented very theatrical, mm. like these two actors very much cheating out very hard to portray this idea. There's they're at this point I think in Star Trek there's still this old school theatrical quality to it, mm-hmm. and they are kind of doing this kind of very like I'll say this, you say this. <laughs> 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 it's kind of fun and silly. Who knows if that's actually how that would go. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would it would probably evolve a little differently. But for television purposes, this is what you get. Mm. Uh, if it was a show like Discovery, I bet you could do something a bit crazier. A little. Mm. What about all the other? Yeah, we talked a little bit about Data and Jordy. How do we feel about all the little? There's You get to see little bits of all the characters in this. How do we feel like that this whole ensemble works as far as they do? Right at the beginning, you said it like, they make another remark about Jordy being blind. Uh, like a blind man judging an android's art project. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> like, Jesus, Riker. That was that was mean. That was just downright bullying on the ship. Was what that was. They do give uh Beverly that one and, and and it's a very interesting scene, even though it's only that one little scene that she's in. Uh I wanted to see more from her. She's such a good performer. Yeah. She's always given it a hundred. So focused every scene she's in. Yeah. She's got that sharp look, razor sharp. Get to see Yarn Wharf on the way to (laughs) combat or whatever. Parisi Squares, whatever it is they're playing. Parisi Squares. You could break your neck. (laughs) (laughs) They They all seem very cute. Uh, they still don't. They don't. They still don't feel very developed at this point. Yeah, it's like they're almost trying to show, like, look how awesome our cast is. But it's like, yeah, they are. But it's like, they aren't all there yet. <laughs> That's how they come across in this. It takes them a minute in this season, doesn't it? It's like you said, slice of life. Any thoughts on like why? Why when we go back and watch a silly first like a season episode like this? I don't know what, what what makes it work or or you know does it work? Well, we t- I think we touched a little bit about it. I think part of it is that set. It's mm. a really the the set is kind of a character of its own. I mean, they really worked hard on making it look 
good and interesting. It's leaps and bounds better than what they did with, you know, the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's more more up to our technologies that we've we've uh, created since then. But uh, like touching again on human connection, I think there's something to be said seeing how hard people are working on something like you see how good the sets are you see how good their their performances are how much they're putting into the craft and on the other side as an audience member you you're rooting for the show it's like you said earlier andrew about like the audience wants you to succeed they want to cheer for you at the end of the day and when that comes together the hard work plus the the human want to escape and and want for the performers to take them to that place that's where the magic happens mm. when that all comes together mm-hmm. somewhere in there in that hurricane mm. you let that, it take you there yeah but very cool ideas the binar i guess originally the binars were supposed to speak in their alien language and be dubbed with subtitles throughout the episode and they decided not to do that mm. They decided to do like the whole, we could have said no thing instead <laughs> to communicate the alienness. I'm really glad that, that they did it this way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not the subtitles. Not the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. That would be a, kind of a cool idea for like a universal translator in new Star Trek. Uh, mm. Like it, it can't give you sound because of the way the language is so it gives you text instead mm. and you're reading yeah. it in front of you while you're looking at them it's virtual text in front of you because mm-hmm. you it. Can't, can't translate it as audio <laughs> um, mm. uh, this, this is the first episode where uh, the queen of Star Trek Major Barrett voices the computer of the Starship Enterprise much as she did in the original Star Trek series. She is definitely the voice of the computer in this episode and for all, basically all the episodes after this. Except who's the g- moment when yeah. they self-destruct. <laughs> yeah, who's that? The, the dude computer that shows up during self-destruct time, whatever the hell that's about. Yeah, I wonder what happened there. That was actually Gene Roddenberry's husband. <laughs> 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 He was he was a secret husband and kept away in the south of France. Look it up. Um, any final thoughts on one one zero zero one zero zero one? Just as a parallel to everything that's going on in our our life and society now, it, it'll be interesting to see. What we what we are capable of convincing ourselves of going forward, mm-hmm. and what technologies will be a big influence in that, for better or worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Lots of promise, lots of peril. So much peril. <laughs> <laughs> you know, peril. It's supposed to be uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this I feel happy ending fraught with peril. <laughs> <laughs> um, another P word, aside from promise and peril, just real quick. That I, and I was like, oh, I did think of this while the episode. Um, is it, think about Riker's program, minuet, the bar, blah blah blah. Is this porn? Yes. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's like a, it's like porn elevated. Yeah, I mean he's Or is it HBO? <laughs> <laughs> is this porn or HBO? <laughs> this is porn. This is f- full on porn. Yeah, I think it's the quality of the writing, which if it's coming from your database and your personnel file, I guess the more interesting the person, the better the holodeck experience. <laughs> So Riker's getting porn, but Captain Picard might get HBO. (laughs) Oh, that was poll number one? I thought we were subscribed to HBO. (laughs) She was speaking French to me. (laughs) 
I didn't hear French, sir. I didn't hear French at all. I mean, he's literally making out with her. So, like, who's to say that it wouldn't go to the next step, right? Right. If Picard doesn't show up, where the hell does that go real quick? Exactly. <laughs> like, the bar members are like, yeah, man, she's into you. Fucking go for it. Like, it's fucking porn. <laughs> Please do, because you suck at playing the trombone, bro. <laughs> Just boner, man. You're get, you're bad at this bone, but you'll be great at that bone. You know, and on that note, bump, bump, like, they, they used jazz music that was clearly not New Orleans style. If they had put the New Orleans style in there, that would have pushed it over. Yeah. To porn. <laughs> I love that jazz sound. Yeah. New Orleans, there's nothing like it. Nah. Yeah. That was not New Orleans jazz. No. <laughs> um, I don't think that was even Kansas City jazz, which was what he where he thought about going originally. That was I don't think that was either. <laughs> that was binar jazz. That was binar jazz. <laughs> That's right. 1980s binar jazz. Um, Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was uh, so great having you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me to do this. Yeah, thanks for coming, Andrew. It's so good to see you. My pleasure. It's always good to see you guys and hang out. We're definitely going to have you on again. Okay. We would love to have you again. Well, all right. You just let me know. There'll be oh. a second, but we'll get you back. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, all right. Um, next time, uh, we'll be continuing our look at the growing pains of the next generation. <laughs> We're going to be watching... Skin of Evil. Skin of Evil. And if you're a Star Trek fan, you know what's coming up. And it's going to be an interesting little conversation. Star Trek up to this point has been very episodic. It's almost been like it's almost like an anthology show at, at this point. It's still very episodic, just with recurring characters. And but everything resets at the end of every episode. Uh, in this next episode, though, Skin of Evil, we will be getting some lasting consequences that definitely have an impact on the show. Um, and we haven't gotten into a lot of this yet on Star Trek, where we are, so I, that'll be interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't, oh boy, here we go. Skin of Evil, folks. Star Trek classic. I know. Mark. I know. Aaron knows. I'm making uh, Mr. Incredible face. We'll also have a new friend to talk about that one with us. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, Andrew, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Love you so much. Love we'll, you too. We'll play some Mario Kart here in a second. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. See you in a sec. <laughs> Aaron, as always, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jaron. Thank you, Andrew. Good night, Sia. I'm going to work on the podcast a little bit and then go to sleep because I got to work in the morning. Hell yeah, man. Um, thank you all so much. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.